1: I've come to talk with you again, because a vision softly... Ben,
0: how did you distract yourself this weekend?
2: Well, as everyone knows, this weekend was Mother's Day weekend, and and it was my dear wife's first Mother's Day as an actual mother. And I went to the fancy butcher shop here in Richmond and procured some uh, very fancy breakfast meats. Uh, I got their uh, sage sausage uh, from locally raised hogs and their uh, hickory smoked bacon also from uh, locally raised hogs. And it was so good that I, I think I've ruined myself on bacon forever <laughs> now because I don't think I can ever buy regular grocery store bacon ever again. Here's this bacon thing, was just so, bacon good really so good and so smoky. But no, you you don't understand This bacon was so good and so smoky. Transformative
3: bacon experience.
2: I was cooking it in the oven because they highly recommended not sullying their bacon by trying to cook it in a pan. Uh, They they said cook it in the oven. Here the here's the temperature and the amount of time that we recommend for our bacon. And so I followed their. Well, I didn't completely follow their instructions. I cooked it a little longer than their instructions said because well I like the bacon. You monster. I mean, I like a good floppy bacon, but Christy likes a a crisper bacon. So I cooked it a little longer, but the entire time it was cooking, I could smell the wood hickory flavor coming out of the oven. It was like permeating my house. It was that delicious. So yes, regular grocery store bacon.
0: A pig worth of bacon yet?
2: Not yet, but that's the next step.
0: Jason, how did you distract yourself from the non Mother's Day related terribleness of this weekend?
3: Well, yeah, on the weekend I did not distract myself. I, I endured uh, <laughs> what was a a terrible week for sports all around. Yes, uh, it was just a nonstop onslaught of horrible news. Uh, right.
2: when, when when the I follow when um, the best result of the weekend uh, for any soccer team in Virginia or Maryland or DC was the kicker's zero zero draw. You know it's gone badly. Well, I, I'm not Even a kicker's sports. partisan, so that doesn't I know, help me. I know, I know yeah. you're it doesn't I, help me. I know, it doesn't help anybody, and I know you're not uh, a kicker's fan, but that's the best result in yeah. the entire, like, mid-Atlantic.
0: Yeah, yeah. Two non-soccer-related um, Game 7s went very poorly.
3: Well, one of them I just didn't, I, I don't care either way about the Wizards. The NBA is like a, it's, it's the place that players that play at Maryland go to get pay, paid sometimes. Um, that's just, it exists, and I know it's there, but it, I don't follow it at all. It's just a thing that happens elsewhere. Um, There's
2: too many sports.
3: Yeah, I, I'm also very much a, like, put your eggs in uh, as few baskets as possible kind of person. So it, it just means that I don't even have the, as we're saying, I don't even have distractions. Um, <laughs> but today, since we're recording this on Tuesday, I did go up to the Soccerplex to, to the uh, press conference for Mallory Pugh's in, introduction as a spirit player pew, after pew. her first session uh at training apparently they've already gotten her moved in or, or they've at least set up uh, a lease in an apartment i don't think they've moved stuff in they couldn't have there's just no time um but they did manage like in like on monday to set her up with where she's going to live um
2: i mean if you get mallory Pugh, you you work 24 hours a day to get that sort of stuff done
3: <laughs> yeah i guess so Appar- well, apparently they had to still get her into the area and like help her choose which like I guess they had narrowed it down for her, and then they were like, you pick one. Um, Wait, but, is uh, there going to be
0: a House Hunters episode with Mal Pugh? No. Because I no. would watch
3: that. I wouldn't, I would watch because it too. I would not watch House Hunters under any circumstances. Um, if you come into my house and put a gun to my head, you're going to have to bury my dead body.
2: Virginia's own Clarence E. Goodson was on an episode of House Hunters
3: International. That's good. He, went to, he went to the University of Maryland. I will not watch his show. I'm not going to do it. I wouldn't watch it for either of you or anyone else. I wouldn't watch my own. If they put me on, I wouldn't watch it.
0: If they kidnapped so, you and made you choose from three houses... Right, so they would have to cart me around and
3: it would be like a an uh, Hannibal Lecter, uh, like I'd be on that hand truck with the... the the, the mask so I couldn't try and bite at people And the whole time I would be like I don't want to
2: be a part of this I don't want to be a part of this I would also watch and this the of episode of House Hunters two, Which was clearly
0: the wrong answer You should have taken House number 3 Jason Why did would, you not take House number 3
2: actually, But you could always I, tell which one it was Because it's always the one that actually has furniture in it The smart one the smart way to do this for me in
3: my situation Would be to take the first one so that it would be over faster
0: No you have to see um, all three We have no, to see no, all three yeah, It doesn't, would, it doesn't take, make it Jason, go faster It's the basic construct of the show you have to see i but I'm three. already
3: defying it I, because I'd already just be yelling the whole time and not cooperating in any way. You, can, so. you
2: can't defy late-stage capitalism. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I kind of want to watch Jason's episode. Though.
3: We've already talked about how someone's going to have to bury me, so it, clearly <laughs> I'm committed to this. Uh, the, these things I feel strongly about. But anyway, the, the Mallory Pew press conference uh, went well and everyone seems very enthusiastic. And obviously it's kind of a big deal to have – Potentially the best player on the women's national team in the next few years, she could be that player um, playing in your hometown. That's kind of huge. I mean, you don't see like any U.S. men's national team guys suiting up for DC United, where they're like undisputed starters and potentially the star of the team. It's like it's not like Fabian Johnson is is coming to uh, Buzzard Point next year, most likely. So it's yeah, kind if of they're, if they're in MLS, enormous. they're all in Canada. Yeah um so that was that was pretty cool that helped distract me from the darkness of last week though clearly it hasn't completely fixed it because again i've already talked about how someone would have to shoot me and also (laughs) compared myself to hannibal lecter so the darkness is still around it's just a little brighter now
0: i i celebrated mother's day uh and my daughter's birthday on the same day that was
3: oh
0: yeah that was fun uh, so I got to distract myself before DC United's loss with my daughter's birthday party on Saturday. Her actual birthday was, was Sunday. Uh, and that was fun. House was full of toddlers and parents and it was great fun. And then we went to the, I went to the game and it was not great fun. And oh. then they came around and, you know, I, I cleaned up the house basically from, from the party and. Gave my wife the uh, the day off as much as I could, so that she could as kick it her should. feet up and read a book, and otherwise take it easy. And you know, I, I lost myself in physical toil. There's there's mm-hmm. honor in toil, or or something. There's something meditative about hard work. I don't know. There's some platitude that I could. This is say, a mildly, mostly,
3: This is like a Calvinist response. Yes, to the game.
0: Yeah, uh, you might
3: not be the elect, and clearly, if your team loses, no, the way we you are not, did, the elect. You're not the elect.
0: No. But you can at least toil as hard as you can to get over it. I am I, I am a, a lapsed Catholic. I am not among the elect. I can tell you that much.
2: I, I, have taken, I have too much information about Calvinism in my head, so I'm not bringing you through the tulip, which is the...
0: I'm going to stop you right there and yeah, say... Acronym hey, hey, for the beliefs of Calvinism. I am going to stop you right there and say, hey, hey, welcome in. This is Filibuster, the Black and Red United, and totally... Not the Elect podcast. I'm Adam Taylor. they Ben Bromley and Jason Anderson. We're all from blackandredunited.com where we cover DC United, which is not a happy thing right now. Uh, DC United lost badly to the Philadelphia Union and we are going to force ourselves to talk about it. And no. uh-uh. You are going to have to listen to us work through our emotions. We'll call this a therapy session, which is probably bad because um, of the question we ask ourselves every week. After the therapy session, we will sit down with Sean Spence, our good friend from Hot Time in Old Town, to preview the upcoming visit from the Chicago Fire to RFK Stadium that happens Saturday, 4 p.m. It'll be on national TV in Espanol on Unimas. Uh, if you don't want to watch it in Spanish and you don't want to hear really bad English SAP commentary, get yourself to RFK Stadium. It'll be the middle of the afternoon. It should be really nice weather, I think, at least at this point. That's yeah. what the forecast is calling for. So Do it. Get to the stadium. Have some fun. Don't be a chump. Uh, I don't know why Ben is trying to threaten and cajole people. I was going for, you know, catching more flies with honey. Not that our listeners are flies. I don't want to imply that. Although if some of them have gone through some kind of metamorphosis,
2: uh, who am I to judge? I think that's cockroaches. At least if you're, at least if you're Kafka.
0: yeah.
3: There's a there's a translational issue because they're not actually clear on what type of bug because it was a non-specific word for what kind of insect it right. was, um, for that. But we again we're, we're veering off the rails quickly again. So let's not get into Kafka, just like we shouldn't get into Calvinism. Anymore <laughs> we, than we although
2: although <laughs> we're clearly... although although the game on Saturday was a Kafka-esque nightmare.
0: <laughs> so Hannibal Lecter, uh, <laughs> Jason shooting getting shots to avoid watching late capitalism television kafka calvinism this is guys this might be our best episode ever
2: <laughs> yeah i agree uh
0: jason this is probably an unhealthy question to ask at this point but what are you drinking um
3: i decided not to um do the punishment drink um i feel like maybe if it was later in the year we would be at punishment drink stage Um, but instead, uh, I've made myself, um, with the last little bit of Tecnico Añejo and, um, some Mezcal, I've made myself a Oaxacan Old Fashioned, uh, which is three parts, uh, Añejo or Reposado Tequila, one part Mezcal, uh, two dashes of, uh, standard Angostura bitters, and if you have an orange peel, a twist of the orange peel, uh, to get a little bit of that orange oil finish, um... It's uh I've had it a couple times now, it's pretty great. Um it's Oaxacan because of that's where mezcal comes from. It's not where tequila comes from, even though that's where most of the liquid is. Um but yeah, uh, it's a it's a pretty tasty beverage, I've gotta say.
0: I also chose not to, to punish myself. Um
3: although the rum? The,
0: there is rum. Oh but, okay, good. okay. but I decided to turn into the slide because I was, at RFK. <laughs> I was on our at RFK on Saturday and that was punishment enough. So I made myself a uh, cotton and reed spiced rum float with some vanilla ice cream, some club soda for the fizz, and their, their dry spiced rum, which is good. The allspice in it plays very nicely with the vanilla ice cream. I think if I could do a little squeeze of lime... Uh, in there, I if I make this again, then, then that's probably the route I'll go. Maybe even throw some Angostura bitters in just to round out the flavor. But as far as a starting point for a sweet alcoholic beverage, which I generally don't go for, mm. but needed to um, eat slash drink my feelings tonight, uh, it, it works out pretty well. Ben, what are you drinking?
2: So in addition to the delicious breakfast meats that I uh, cooked, on Mother's Day, I also got a bottle of Prosecco, uh, blended some peaches, and made peach bellinis for uh, myself and my wife. And then we ran out of Prosecco very quickly, within like an hour. And it worked. So I went to the local gas station and got two bottles of barefoot sparkling pink Moscato. And so then we continued to drink Bellini's made with that. And we had a bottle left over. And so I am helping finish that off tonight.
0: Are you drinking Bellini or just the?
2: No, just the Moscato. I, unlike you all, decided for a punishment drink.
0: (laughs) I'm glad you owned that at the end there. I was just going to let it fester in silence.
2: Like I said, Kafka-esque nightmare.
0: And on that note, DC United managed to follow up what had been their flattest, arguably worst performance of 2017. A 1-0 loss against the Montreal Impact at home by somehow playing even worse against the Philadelphia Union. Going down a man early in the second half, already down a goal. And shipping three more from there to lose by the grand total of 4-0 at home. To what had been the last place team with one win on the year. It was, uh, it was basically the worst night out at RFK in quite a while, Ben.
2: Yeah, it was... You
0: weren't even there. You didn't have to witness it in person. No, but
2: But I had to witness it on my couch after having watched the Spirit 6-2 destruction. So I was already in a poor mood. And then I just rolled straight into DC United. I was like, maybe this will be better, guys. And just buzzsaw. Disaster. Uh, it It wasn't even just the four goals. It was just the pathetic play of... Most everyone on the field, but especially the midfield members not named Lucho Acosta. And we'll get to what happened to Lucho, what Lucho Acosta did later. But just Ian Harks was absent. Jared Jeffrey was worse than absent. Uh, the wingers were non-existent. And then the back line was just bypassing the uh, midfield whole hog. It was just a complete breakdown of anything resembling actual soccer.
0: What's funny is United actually had 80% passing accuracy in this one, which is better than they've had in most games this year. They're, they were, they're were basically even on possession despite playing down a man for half the game. And the possession was <laughs> basically even before and after the red card. They just got no purchase whatsoever. There was no urgency. They, they didn't, they, for the first few minutes of the game they came out and I will say
2: yeah, for like the it first first eight minutes.
0: for the from the for the outset because they didn't give up an early goal and they didn't look completely uh asleep at the opening whistle. So that was good. And that's all I can say. Pretty much. As far as good stuff from this game because they they had seven shots, one of which was on goal and that came after the 80th minute. Yeah. And it was from distance and it was right um, it
3: was right at Andre Blake too it wasn't even a difficult yeah. save
0: yeah his one save was a ball that but, rolled into his chest
3: and that's really emblematic of the i mean the union came to sit deep and hold their shape and stay compact and we knew that was coming that's what they've been doing lately they do have they do have three straight shutouts and it's down to a real focus on not being opened up um they've just gone conservative to try and protect themselves Out of necessity, because it's still not a good Union team. Don't get fooled by their... They're all of a sudden... um, In their last three games, they've picked up seven points and scored seven goals without conceding. That sounds really good, but the fact is that they did that against a bad Galaxy team. They probably didn't deserve to beat the Red Bulls by more than a goal. um, And against United's worst performance of 2017. It's not... Um, like the union have suddenly turned over a new leaf and are this great team. They're just sitting deep, trying to not be um pried open, and United did not pry them open. Um, it's funny because the these you know you look through the individual pass numbers, the the accuracy that almost across the board, other than Acosta, um, at like I think he was at like sixty something percent. Um, and Nagel was in like the low 70s. Everyone else is like 80 and up, it seems like, especially through the midfield. Lloyd Sam misplaced, I think, two passes in the entire game. But it's easy to keep the ball if you're playing sideways, if you're playing yeah. uh, backwards, if you're playing down the yeah. wing, but you're not actually making runs into the box that turn that, wing pa- that pass down the wing into something dangerous. And that was kind of the whole game. United kept encountering this low block of union players and then not knowing what to do, and then just sort of, backing off and trying to reset and the eventually that doesn't work no matter how good or bad you are eventually when you keep trying to reset and never try and get the ball in behind or do anything that opens things up you lose the ball someone's going to make a mistake or someone's going to get a toe in and poke it away from you at some point and that's kind of how the whole game played out i think i feel like if even without the red card uh united was never going to score in this game because of the way they played the lack of conviction they had um and the lack of Outside of Lucho, there, there was no one that really had that sense of wanting to take a risk on the ball, um, yeah, be it, dribbling at people or making a, a hard run. Or um, you know, Mullins didn't really impact the game. But also, I feel like if you've got a target forward and he posts up on the defender, you have to do. You don't just have to stand there and stare at him while like he posts up because eventually, what happens is somebody else also jumps in and he's now one v two and he loses the ball. You have to yeah, make a run. The whole idea is
0: that you make the run. <laughs> And give him the pass too. And it, Acosta had a, a rough night. He was the only player in black and red who was trying anything, but mm-hmm. it generally wasn't coming off. His one twos right. weren't working. His dribbles weren't working. He was getting kicked to the ground at every opportunity. Aguchi Anyewu somehow came away. I, I, I thought he had enough fouls to get a couple of yellows. He got zero yellow cards, despite fouling Patrick Mullins three times in the span of two minutes. Got no yellow cards. Um, instead, uh, he he fouls Luciano Acosta, which was not the first time he'd been kicked to the ground. And Lucio having a bad night, not getting any protection from the referee. You know,
3: that one went uncalled too. Let's not call it a foul yeah. because technically it wasn't right. It was just a thing that occurred.
0: It, it was a who kicked through a very. Uh, Gucci is a very large man. He kicked right. and ran through a very small man. Got the ball after you know basically lifting Acosta out of the way. And uh, the ref, Chris Penso, uh, pointed at the ball, said he got ball. It's like, well, yeah, but he went through the man. That's never an excuse. No. Acosta um, took matters into his own uh, hands and went in hard at the next opportunity, not on Gooch, on the next player to have the ball. Got sent off, probably rightly. Um, but. It, he he should have gotten some protection before that. He made a bad decision definitely. there. Can I can
2: I take this opportunity?
0: Take
3: to it.
2: Just to, just to say Chris Penso had a very bad game. It didn't affect the fact that United lost, but Chris Pencil had an awful game.
0: I'm inclined to agree and I I Jason said it well. Um during our our Lot 8 Live video after the game on Facebook. And and I think that that is about as much time as we should spend on Chris Penso, considering how bad DC United were. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I just just wanted to
2: say that in addition to DC United having a bad game and they never would have won regardless of the referee, Chris Penso also just had a very bad game. I completely agree.
0: He and his crew were booed off the field. Um, One idiot threw... What looked like a wrapper, a, a food wrapper of some kind, at him as don't throw the refs walked into the tunnel. Yeah. That was stupid. He things. shouldn't have done that. Don't throw things on the field ever, unless it's like a streamer as part of a display, not at a person. Don't throw things at people. Don't be violent like that. Um, even if it's not something that can cause injury, it's still an act of violence in some sense. Don't do it.
2: Just, just don't throw things at people.
0: Yeah. It's pretty easy. I tell that to my toddler. I'm trying to teach her that. <laughs> Don't but, show her other things.
3: I, I will say that not so much about Penso, but the fact that the union sort of revealed something that teams can do against DC United now once Lucho comes back and it's foul. Don't let them if they want to open if you're the union and you want to play a game where you're not opening up and it's not like in, a, in the moment you're starting to get opened up a little bit. Just foul somebody um, because eventually yeah. United won't solve the problem. Um, because right now they, they aren't And if the ref, especially if the referee is showing some leniency You're probably going to get away with it You can commit the foul and not take the yellow um,
0: Yeah, this right. was something R- that R- Montreal R- R- did last giving. week too This was something Montreal well, did last Montreal's week too bread
3: and butter. Um, Yeah, but no one they, I want to talk about the what foul the referee to did play
0: more than Montreal. Right, I want to talk about what the referee did last week Anytime Montreal fouled And he either wanted to give a card Or give a, a stern talking to United wanted to start play quickly and he, there were three separate opportunities last week in the first half where the referee refused DC United the opportunity to, sure. to restart play quickly, but thereby basically giving Montreal the advantage of the foul and then some.
3: Yeah, but it if was, you're a referee and you want to stop someone to tell them, you know, you can't commit that kind of foul anymore, et cetera, you have to stop the game. I mean, it sucks for the attacking team and it, it, it does incentivize... That sort of tactic, but there's also not really a way to work around it other than to never communicate to the other team um, what the issue is. And then you end up with a team that's enraged that... eventually because you're not communicating with them. So
0: there's no way to do that. If it's, if it's one quick restart, you let it happen and then do the talking to so that the team fouling doesn't get to stop the play and reset. It's, it's more like playing the advantage and going back. When play actually stops and giving the talking to or the card, then I think there's a way to manage the game that's in between never talking and talking at the first slightest window of opportunity if you're the ref and MLS referees historically haven't been able to find that balance. And so I think you're right that that's. Right. It's, that's where it's, that's it's where MLS referees happen. are right now. Yeah. The, but, the, the
3: life, the, the, the real life practical implication of this is that you're go, when teams want to do that in MLS, they get away with it most of the time. Yeah. Um, we talked and, about it at the end of last year too. And you know what's funny it, is that when teams don't get away with it, fans around the league get enraged. Um, we get a lot of people who are, and not just here in DC, but across the league, if there's a referee who is too harsh or, or too, I shouldn't say too harsh because that's kind of negating my point. Um, someone that gives out too many cards, um, perception-wise, it's, oh, it's too many cards, They're, they're ruining the game by giving out all these cards. Well, if the teams come on the field trying to commit fouls, um, and tactical fouling is punishable by yellow cards, if a team comes out with that tactic and the referee figures it out and starts giving cards out, don't yell at them for giving away too many cards and, oh, you, you set someone off, it ruined the game. No, the team that chose to commit fouls rather than defend uh,
0: in a legal way ruined the game. Don't yeah. even on who's right. the responsible party. And um, that has been DC United in the past. Oh, yeah. There have been games um, where DC United had in... to foul and commit tactical yeah. fouls. Um, and...
3: and, and you know, that is part of the game. And it is sort of that when we talk about the dark arts, this is part of it. Um, but the other, the other something that popped up into my head while, while you were saying something, Adam, is that Penso did give out early cards for, not for tactical fouls, but for bad fouls. But when you're in the ninth minute and Fabinho and Alejandro Padoya both have yellows, Fabinho generally makes reckless tackles, especially when he gets tired. He gets more and more reckless. Padoya, we know, gets angry for no good reason and is generally... Petulant. Yeah, petulant is a, is a great word for, for his general demeanor on the field. When you're ten minutes into a game at home and Fabinho's on a yellow, and Bedoya's on a yellow, you're in an excellent position. Um, and that's just one more angle that makes this game hard to take, because they completely squandered it, because Fabinho didn't really have much to do, I don't I don't remember who was the person that caught uh, Lloyd Sam uh, with the, the forearm to the face that Sam was really upset about, that went completely unpunished. I, it might have been Fabinho, because that's who would be up against him most often, but um, I think it was. In any case, um, you don't. Need, it, it can't be that one time that they didn't give him the second yellow. You need to make Fabinho defend a bunch of times. Like if he takes a fourth minute yellow, feed the ball out out that way and make him make a bunch of tackles because eventually he's going to commit the foul that gets himself sent off. Um, and if you've got Badoya on a yellow early, get physical with him. You know, get in his face and and wait for him to do something stupid because he'll do it. Um but yeah, United that's where... didn't show that that level of street smarts in the game. Uh to to make that happen, they didn't even do that.
0: Yeah, we talked about this on the pregame video you and I did. Uh Jason about how United's midfield could use someone with that kind of uh savvy, mm-hmm. like Marcelo Sarvas, who came into the game in the second half, who replaced Jared oh, Jeffrey. Yeah. Um and was bad. Yeah, it was it was And I think it did not improve things at all. No, yeah, it was it, it was just a
3: different version of the same level of low, you know, not good enough. Yeah, um, I, which kind of sums up defensive midfield for DC United right now. Yeah, it does. It's it's I, bad
2: when you're when you're pining for Rob Vincent to come back.
3: Yes yeah. it is. Um because yeah. I think if if Rob Vincent came back and played at his normal level, I don't think there'd be a question of who's the starter. Um yeah. and it's not because Rob Vincent is great, he's a solid role player. Uh, in MLS, and that's that's where his that's where he is as a player. Um, but if you can't do better than a solid role player at that position, you've got major problems that teams are going to keep exploiting every single game.
0: And that's what we're seeing right now. In fact, I want to talk. I don't want to. I right. feel that we should. We're obliged. You're
2: the host. You as can do whatever servant. you want, Adam.
0: As a service, uh, is we it really should. A service? Yes. We are producing a product. Products are essentially services at this point. They are interchangeable. Welcome to late capitalism.
2: Aren't we a brand?
0: Obviously. No, we're, we're
3: three human <laughs> beings. We are
0: not brands. You
3: don't have to reduce
0: yourself. Each to of us game. has a personal brand and we have a collective brand that is filibuster and is associated with another brand, black and red United. No. Anyway, we should talk about at least the first two Philadelphia goals in this game. Um, because both of them are, are I think, uh, symptomatic of issues that have plagued DC United all season. And I think uh, breaking them down is a worthwhile endeavor to understand what's wrong with this team. And it's nothing new. It's nothing surprising to anyone who's been paying attention or listening to this podcast. First goal, Harris Madunyanin, uh hits a knuckler from outside the box. The, I, I know some people are focusing on Bill Hamid, who... Managed to have the ball go right under his arm on this one. It knuckled pretty hard. Um, but, but Hamid, I think, will probably hold it against himself on this one because that's how Bill Hamid rolls. He, he holds himself to an impossibly high standard, and that's why he's been as good as he has been. Um, but the real issue for me here is that Madunyanin gets the ball in acres and acres of space right outside the center of the box and has time to take a touch and line up just a blistering shot with no pressure on him whatsoever. And that is the zone where you expect your defensive midfielder to provide some cover, and it didn't happen. And that's a problem.
3: Uh, It's a huge problem, Um, especially (laughs) when uh, the Union didn't have a real creative presence. Uh, they're playing Il Seno, who's a winger as their central mid Their their number 10, because they didn't have anyone else available. The other option was, um, Adam Najem who has 19 minutes and has mostly not even made the bench for the union in 2017. Um, they, you know, they're sitting with Medunian who is kind of an immobile central midfielder who United made look, uh, like a genius who covers a ton of ground because they were so, so unable to pull him out of position Um, Bedoya, we know doesn't do all that well when he has to get into that position and create, he's much more of a, uh, assistant than, uh, the head guy. Um, and it just, they couldn't do anything about that area of the field. You know, the union did most of their damage, uh, in that region, three other
0: goals and, from that center yeah,
3: area, and, and, and
2: it's, Jared Jeffrey Land and right. Marcelo
3: Land. And let's not let's not just put it on the guys that played as the six because the center backs are also failing to step forward. When you've got, oh yeah, you know, a playing, Boswell, yeah, you, know, you know, you see a team playing four two three one, and teams are succeeding in zone fourteen. It means that your one of your center backs is is just sort of standing around and not stepping out to confront anybody. Um and that used to be a big strength of Bobby Boswell. Um but it's sort of it's not something that he's physically unable to do cuz he's the same physically as he's been. He's um it's a running, you know, joke with Boswell that he never had a step to lose in the first place and it's kind of the same, huh. but he's not reading things and stepping out anymore. Um into that zone he used to be really good at at stepping ahead and breaking things up and he's not really doing that right now. Yeah. Opare seems to only succeed when he's doing emergency defending. He had a couple good moments of that in this game um, where he sort of single-handedly so- stopped, a goal because this could have been worse than for nothing. Um, yeah. Uh, no, actually, that was a two-parter from him because he made the initial block to prevent us uh, tap in And then he got up and put his arms behind his back to hit, take a shot against the chest to avoid a, a potential empty netter. So he's good at that side of the game, but he's not comfortable stays. Um, and if you don't have a six that can break things up and your center backs don't want to step out and break things up, teams are going to keep scoring from this zone. It's not like Chicago doesn't have guys capable of scoring from that area. Uh, and it's not like the teams that D.C. plays after that uh, don't have guys capable of scoring from that area. So it has to be fixed. I mean, TFC is on the horizon. I don't know how many game, how many goals Giovinco would have scored uh, if he faced D.C. United in that form with this problem. Yeah. Because we also have to add in the Giovinco versus DC bonus, uh, which is like a double. It's like captaining him in fantasy. It's just a double the yep. number of goals and assists. Um, so yeah, this this was uh, about as bad as it gets as far as defending that area of the field, and it can't happen again. It has to be better from the team and from those individuals.
0: Philly's second goal, Aguchi Anyewu, uh he of no yellow cards, uh, managed to elude Bobby Boswell on a corner kick and score a towering score. And if,
2: is, and if score slower it, than Boswell, it's Gooch.
0: Yeah. Uh, it, it, just a deep run-up on the corner, and Boswell just kind of jogged it in front of him. did aware that this was about to happen. No. And then yeah. Gooch just got, skies got and hits a free header. And yeah. it was another yet another set piece goal against. I believe it's three on the uh, year this now team and, they're all on and...
3: um I would I would have data on yeah. that but my uh desktop computer with that stuff has actually stopped booting and I have to take it in tomorrow to get it uh fixed up. So I don't have complete data. Ben, don't worry. It has been backed up to recently just not past this weekend. No, don't worry. The rest of it is backed worried. up. It's just backed up to like mid <laughs> April rather something. than mid May. So years of data are still safe it's just a month of data is not
0: safe you can know you what that's probably so i will I can have
2: an offsite backup
0: <laughs> okay that's probably as <laughs> high a note as we can possibly go some out of this segment <laughs> and i'm damn it i'm i am taking that opportunity awesome. and we will be right back this is filibuster black and red united podcast Hey, Ben, um, you wouldn't say this is a hostile work environment, would you? You can tell uh, me.
2: Depends. I mean, well, I should ask you. I mean, is are goats hostile? Uh,
0: I think goats are, are hostile. I think that they are secretly trying to take over the world. But but if this were a hostile work environment, or if I were trying to steal your wages or, or do something else oh, nefarious. You are. In a, I'm really not. Uh, but in a workplace environment, you know who to call, right? Welcome back to filibuster the black and red United podcast DC United comes up on what looked like before a couple of losses the toughest test of this three game homestand Saturday when the Chicago fire come to town with Dex McCarty Juninho some guy named Schweinsteiger you know no big deal. Uh, Sean Spence manages our sister site, Hot Time in Old Town, and he's come back on the show for some reason. Agreed <laughs> to accept our invitation to talk about the Chicago Fire. Sean, welcome back to Filibuster. I,
1: I am, uh, any place that asks what you're drinking first off is I'm going to show up every time. So,
0: And what, in fact, are you drinking?
1: I am uh, drinking the uh, champagne of beers, Miller High Life. hey. It's nice. kind of a near beer, so uh you know, it's good for staying focused. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that should be their new slogan. <laughs>
0: I yeah. think they already have they already have a pretty memorable slogan. I know. Yeah, well yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so your Chicago okay. Fire have an honest to god international star, a uh, credible midfield. They're currently in the playoff spots and uh Are 10 games into the season and in the playoff spots, I think that might be the latest they've been in the playoff spots in a, in a few years.
1: Yeah. Is this
0: an actual turnaround season on and off the field, or is this an illusion and the floor is going to drop out and the mixed metaphor is going to crash all around you?
1: Uh, Um, well, you know, I think that's, that's, you know, yet to be seen. I think what we, what we know is that, um, there's a whole lot more, you know, resources being spent on payroll this year, Um, now we don't know what those resources are. We don't know who's writing the checks or what kind of checks they are, whether this is a, this is an allocation kind of like there's, there are, there are, you know, conspiracy theories in, in the fire internet world, because that's what we do. (laughs) Um, and, (laughs) uh, one of them is that basically, uh, Rodriguez got caught with a lot of use it or lose it money this year. Um and so it's like, you know, Janine you on a one year loan? Sounds awesome. You know, you're making seven hundred thousand. We don't give a shit. It's all allocation money. Let's just do this. Um and, you know, they they made the trade for Dax, which, you know, I mean, it's four hundred thousand it's not that much. Four hundred thousand allocation and it's two hundred thousand a year, which is really just kind of like a drip feed in in Modern MLS terms, like I really, uh, you know, Red Bull just dumped him, um, <laughs> and uh, you know he's he's better than advertised. You know, the guy's the real thing. Like he's a winner, um, pathologically so, and you know it's great. <clears throat> I don't. Know, where was that? What were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> is it um, sustainable? We don't know. Uh, is, it, is it sustainable? Okay, anything? so this is okay. <laughs> And this is the thing where, you know, it's hard. Like, okay, we're, we're actually recording this before we play on Wednesday. Um, but as of right now, we're coming off of a 4-1 just like ass-kicking of the MLS Cup of, of winners. You know, full house. And we put, we got the Mega Bandera out. It's like, whoo <laughs> You know, and then we came out and just stomped them in the second half. It was great. Uh, and but I still got to point out that we don't have a training facility. Like we don't have a training facility. We have a, we have a single turf pitch across our unpaved parking lot. That is the other option to play in. We have a, we have a pay for play site owned by a kind of another company associated with Haltman, but not the fire it's fire branded because mm-hmm. that makes sense. You're going to cross brand your multiple properties, but it's not a fire property. Um, the, they train there once or twice a year in the early season when the weather's too bad. Um, but besides that, they don't have a training facility. <clears throat> they don't have a USL team. They don't have really any designs on having a USL team. So there's no path to pro for a Chicago kid. If you're in the Chicago, if you're looking to be a Chicago Fire Academy kid, what's your pl- what's your plan? You're going to go hopefully be a badass and play in North Carolina. I mean, you know, or can you? Are we ever going to have a place where we have a sustainable culture where we develop kids? know how to play the fire way and you know that is that is whatever it is you know I mean I have a feeling that Dima Kovalenko would always feel comfortable here um and uh that's just how we do so um you know there's there's things that are great about what's going on but at the end of the day we still have a guy who doesn't live in Chicago running the fire um and saying we're going to be like gentlemanly when none of us give a shit about that and, um, you know, the, the infusion of talent is great and they and they are playing fairly, fairly well. Um, uh, they've got a lot of, a lot of intelligence on the field and a lot of ability, you know, I, I mean, I was excited about that before Bastian Schweinsteiger joined. Um, and I think it's been interesting kind of watching those egos joust for position. You know, I think that, um, that's something to watch. If it goes bad, that could go super sour, Dax and Basti. Um, but you know it—it it is a lot better team to watch. <laughs> um, I just don't know. Uh, it, it, you know, the other theory that goes around is that this is part of the league helping Hauptman sell the team, right? You've got it. We've got the All Star Game coming. Real Madrid's going to be there. There's going to be an. There's an International Champions Cup game in Chicago. There's going to be a lot of like. Hey, billionaires! Look at soccer kind of <laughs> events in Chicago this the summer, um, and the fire are going to be all branded up on on several of those. Um, and I, I think that's you know there's something to that too. That that you know we need some like if I think the league is looking hard at Hauptman as as a guy who may have a billionaire family but is not a billionaire, and they they look at Arthur Blank and are like hey, we need like eight more of that guy. You know, well, if I was
0: trying to offload a property, I probably would pick some uh, White Sox throwback-inspired away jerseys too.
1: Right? <laughs> you know, I like the jerseys. I mean, I do too. I
0: actually really do like them. Um, um, they're, 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 they they do remind me of those '80s right. White Sox really, jerseys, exactly, and that's exactly. not a bad thing.
1: That's first thing I thought of was like Carlton Fisk, and you know, yeah. Um, and I'm a Cubs fan, so you know. <laughs> Those guys. So, how uh, is
0: Schweinsteiger fitting into that midfield? I know he's played some ten, he's played some eight for you guys. How's he fitting in? He seems to be making the team better.
1: Yeah, yeah, he is. Um, you know, he's just he's just really he's he's astute. Uh, you know, he's just really sharp mind. Um, I, I the was it was it the second goal, the go ahead goal against Seattle. Was the one where you know you could see that Schweinsteiger kind of understood how that was going to happen about about two passes before it happened. You know, he uh, he stepped into that channel and kind of and kind of had himself shielded so that when they when uh, uh, who did the one two with him uh, Deleu. when Deleu figured out like oh Basti's showing for the ball like he, that he was already ready for it and it, and it was just like it, he made it look like it was like rec league ball. You know, I mean, he really just kind of like gulfed it slowly into space like boop, that's enough i've touched it enough now and delay went and crossed it to a combo and finished it um but like he you could feel him kind of like okay yeah we this is pretty good this is a pretty solid chance i can see how i can do this um and you know the fire haven't had that guy now he's not going to be that guy consistently um you know he's not like a high usage rate, number 10, who's constantly showing for the ball, just shy of zone 14 and bursting into space and making it, you know, that's, but, but what he is, is a guy who like, who can do some of that and also like, you know, really deliver like a a bone crunching tackle in the 80th minute and, and then stand up and act like he's offended that you act hurt, you know? (laughs) Um, and that's, and you know, he just, he he plays with this kind of really great, you know, I mean, kind of classic German arrogance that is really kind of awesome, you know, um, just strides around like, you know, what the fuck, you know, I mean, just, you know, um, and when it goes, when it goes poorly, he just, he just gets this sort of surly expression and like, he plays the same way, Mm -hmm. but it just looks like he's like the whole thing's curdled for him. He's just not sure how he's going to even keep going really. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I really enjoy watching him play. I've, I've enjoyed it a lot more than I thought it would. I really thought the, the positional imbalance was going to make it just a big, you know, shit. Uh, but I mean, it really, they, they they figured it out fairly well between them. Um, with Juninho really taking one for the team a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, he's got an ankle injury as of right now. I think he might be good for DC. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, of the three of them, he's the guy who's kind of, um, failed to make an impression and partly because he's, you know, self-effacing, mm-hmm. um, and he's paired with two guys who are not.
3: Right. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's funny because, uh, it, it, the fire improve the, the midfield improvement actually even extended to this last game without Janino at all, um. Yeah. You know, you know, with Schweinsteiger dropping off and playing a much deeper role. But um, I guess my main focus is actually a guy that I know in the preseason, I thought this move was not going to work out at all. And I was, I was wrong about it. Um, uh, Nemanja Nikolic um, has, yeah. I, what is it? Seven goals now? Yeah. Seven goals. Seven. Okay. Um, yeah. It's, it, it's been interesting watching him because he's succeeded despite when the game slows down. I don't think he's really able to make an impact on things, but it doesn't seem to matter. He's There's just enough transition for Chicago that he's getting involved. Um, do you think that the Fire are going to be able to, to force that high-tempo transition kind of game on the road where he can succeed? Or are they going to be stuck kind of playing in a slower game where he sort of disappears from play?
1: Um, <clears throat> well, I mean, the, the thing about Nikolic is that he's not, uh, you know, he's not a force in combination very often. You know, he doesn't seek to to play others into the play and make a, make a, a, a conundrum. He's, he seems, he wants it fairly simple. He likes to, he likes to play that inside pocket. He wants the ball played to his feet, uh, tight inside that pocket. Um, uh, he's going to run off that back shoulder all day long. He does you know, he'll get four or five offsides a game. And he's uh, you know, okay. If I get, if I get two chances out of five in five offsides, that's great. Because he's going to finish.
3: Right. This uh, sounds like a Bobby Boswell nightmare to come. By the way, um, right. what
1: what you're describing sounds like
3: what he probably wakes up in a cold sweat uh, twice a week from.
1: Right. Well, and the, and the thing. So the key for a guy like him is to create some chaos in front of them, so that your con- so that the concentration devoted to like shutting him out wavers. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's something the fire have just really failed to do a lot of times in the past. They'll they'll have they've. I I don't think that Nikolich is you know, a hundred times better than the other, than some of the forwards they've had, you know, Mike McGee got frustrated here Mm sometimes and like, we we just wouldn't create chances. Um, It it, it seems like there's enough of a kind of a differentiated tool set right now that with everybody healthy, at least with, with a calm on one side and Solignac or delay, um, or both of them kind of moving around in space, um, that they're, you know, they're creating enough movement to give him chances. And that's the thing, you know, like he doesn't, like a lot of times with Nikolic around, what you want is for anyone else to take their crappy shots Mm -hmm. because he'll just clean up the garbage. You know, he'll just, he just kind of, you know, that's, oh, he sees they're going to shoot. And the defender can't switch off, right? Like he's still got to worry about maybe they're not going to shoot. But Nicholas doesn't give it. He's like he's already like planning how he's going to pounce on that thing. It's like this is going um, in. I'm going to so, pounce this
3: rebound. It's great. Right? Yeah. Exactly.
1: Oh yeah. Like oh, oh Solianek's doing this. If it's if it's anywhere close to on goal, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna tap this in. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. uh, <clears throat> I guess to go
3: to a position that has been less of a success. Um, at, yeah, yeah. I there are a couple. Um, I'll 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 leave one. I, I think I know where Ben's going to go with um, the other one. Um, but I'll go with right back so, where Michael yeah. Harrington was. I mean, he was Michael Harrington. He was what everyone knew he would be at right back for a while. Right. Drew Connor, right. uh, the homegrown player, has taken over there or not taken over. I guess I should say he's played the last couple of games, but he also right. isn't really a right back even by uh, by trade. He's sort of filling in. Uh, while they wait for Matt Polster, who also isn't necessarily a natural right back, um, it, what's going on? Like, how how is that going to sort itself out? Because none of those are appealing options.
1: Uh okay. Well, um, you know, okay, a couple things. First of all, Harrington, you know, yeah, he's Harrington. I, I would say that he was he was worse than baseline Michael Harrington okay. this year. Like, he really like I. I didn't realize, I'd never seen him pass the ball that terribly. I mean, just terrible. Like, okay, forget the de- defensive problems and the positioning problems and the insane, like, optimism about your ability to burst forward and cross. But, like, just com- making a five-yard pass, like, he's mm. just passing it straight to the opposition again and again. And like, oh, my God, we're getting broken on because you're 40 yards ahead of the of your center back. So, ha, <laughs> this is great, man. I mean, i really, like, you know, Tried to kind of like, hey, guys, I'm sure, you know, he is being instructed to play high, I'm sure. But, I mean, good Lord. Uh, like, I, we just need to see anyone else at that point. Mm. I think he just lost all confidence. You can't get crushed like that and right. keep going. Um, Connor, you know, he's a, he's a kid who's played well in limited, in very, very limited exposure in the middle. Uh, I just think he was like, you know, like we had to put a blanket on the, the Harrington fire. And Polster had a setback in his knee recovery from knee surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think Polster was probably the plan. Once they got Dax and Juninho, I think that Polster, the idea of Polster being in the middle, like Polster's either trade bait or a right back at right. this point. Right. We've so talked about him He's trade bait years. a lot here because can, we can. Get,
2: can you please? Can you please send right. him to us? No, he's no, coming I here. Just I mean, leave I, him. I don't.
1: No. Okay. So um, the bus, if there's a, the if, plane you, is gonna if leave, you have it, if you have it, live. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, man. If you haven't watched live, you're a really super huge nerd. Um, like, to, like go go back to the Chicago uh, uh, Seattle game and bef- right before the third goal, it's Polster that sets that up. Mm-hmm. It's Polster playing as an inverted wingback, right? He he, you know, he calls for the ball again and again. First of all, like shouting at Schweinsteiger, "Give me the ball, give me the ball!" And Schweinsteiger mm-hmm. kind of ignores him. Plays it back to Kappelhoff. and gives it right back to Schweinsteiger. Like, you know, Pulster's like freaking out. Give him Like he gets kind of psychotic. Um, so they pass in the ball and then he just takes off on this diagonal run through the center of, of midfield that puts, that puts the entire tactical structure in disarray. Like they're just kind of always running around and then he gets about about halfway through there and kind of spins a little a little cross out to Vincent that Vincent crosses in mm-hmm. and Nikolic touches that Solianak taps in for 3-0 lead or 3-1 three, lead. Um, so you know, the havoc he created is something that I hope to see a lot of. I mean, I think he's, he's young enough and, you know, he is a plus athlete. Like, mm-hmm. I think we kind of forget that like he's not some big slow footed doofus. Like he can run a little bit and he, he can run all day and, um, uh, you know, he tackles pretty well. And, uh, you know, I think if he, if he puts his heart in it, I think he'd be pretty good at it. So, you know, he's not going to be a, a crossing fullback, but right. I don't think that's what we're looking for in this system, really. You know, um, you know, the, he's going to be more control and and space um, oriented. So you know, anyway, so
2: the fire no longer have Sean Johnson.
1: Mm-hmm. They oh, that's signed, the second weakness question.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they signed a thirty five year old Uruguayan. Goalkeeper uh, who has no only, international experience since the. years. He's season. really only
1: thirty five? Somehow, yeah. <laughs> I thought he was like thirty seven, or, or older. And now uh, he's like my age. I'm forty eight. He could be forty eight. And ahead. now I'm,
2: what? Uh, Matt Lamp- Lampson has start started the last yeah. game.
1: Son of Lamp. Yes. So last couple games. What
2: What is going on? Are they going to make a signing in the off season? Is this just what it is, and it's going to be? Um, uh, Disasterful rotation what's going on
1: well okay so what this is uh is you turned your whole scouting department over in the off season you fired everybody and you scouted it with you the head coach and the general manager who's here part time
2: at least you had and, a scouting department
1: and a dude and a dude i think you brought in from somewhere else maybe and a couple of guys who are like you know stringers um uh and you needed a keeper we're paying Jorge Baba like $50,000 more than we paid Sean Johnson last year. Um, And an international slot. Mm -hmm. Okay? That's just, that is like, I mean, that's just MLS suicide, like roster building suicide. Like What? You know, Alex Horvath was a free agent this offseason. Free agent. Could have just signed him. He's American. He's better than Jorge Baba. But, you know, I, I, maybe you could get Alec Khan from
2: uh, Atlanta once they get. Design. We had
1: Alec Khan he was our third keeper for like three years. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we just got rid of him because he was like part of the, the the failure. You know, I mean, maybe he was. Maybe Alec Khan was secretly like the weed dealer to everybody or something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Do you want Andrew Dykstra back? <laughs> I, you know, he's not ours I, to get anymore. Yeah. I, you know, Andrew Dykstra, I think he's in – is he in USL now? He's no, with, he's – uh, I think he's back. done. No, he's with
3: Kansas City. Oh, but yeah, he's, he's still not, with Kansas he's not City. not even making the bench, and I think they've got some kid on their um, Swope Park Rangers roster that they want to keep right. experience. So he's around, but he's not doing anything. But
1: like, Kansas City is probably going to be like the cradle of goalkeepers, right? A bunch of, like, like kids that realize when they're 14 that they're never going to be NBA players, but they're 6'3 cat quick dudes, you know? Right. Right. Like, <laughs> better put oh, this to something <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh what were we talking about um like i you know okay so does cleveland have a but, chance
2: to start at all or is he just roster filler
1: i you know i'm not sure uh, at this point i kind of wonder um because Lampson has played and i mean you know he can't completely you know shat himself um uh, but he hasn't played particularly well. His position is not great. It's you know, it's bad. But uh, but Baba, uh, I mean, in the in the like very early in the off season, I start hearing from from people who won't be quoted like Baba's terrible. <laughs> like he's terrible. He's terrible. Oh my god, he can't hold the ball. He's dropping the ball. He's so slow. He's like a grandpa. Um, yeah. So I think you know like we kind of got used to Sean Johnson and kind of got kind of got used to Sean Johnson. <laughs> and, and, you know, there's some holes in his game. There's big holes in his game. Um, but he does not look like a grandpa, you know? Um, when, when the ball is, when the, when the ball is coming toward the net, he reacts with alacrity. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know. We've grown used to that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know what the solution is uh, for Keeper right now. I think they're just going to limp through the year and, and hope to control games enough that whoever's back there is not facing shots constantly. Um, the The, the center-back pairing has improved a little bit. They've gotten used to each other. Myra's kind of come around to the league, and and the quality of his passing has started to matter a little bit more because the team is set up to make that matter. Um but yeah, keeper. Eesh. Um I just don't so, see us like I don't see us I don't see the Chicago fire getting red hot on the back of a great keeper performance and, and storming through the playoffs, you know. Yeah.
0: So you're saying the Washington Capitals have a chance against you? <laughs> Not in the playoffs. Yes, absolutely. No, if they don't have a hot goalkeeper, it'll be fine. No, I don't think you understand how this, the Capitals work, Adam.
3: Uh, yeah, because that's true. like you could put me I, I, in goal against the Caps, and I would be the best goalkeeper or the best goalie <laughs> in NHL history. It's it just what happens. A, it's a it's a fate. It's a, fa- it's a true, force like, from beyond our control. It just what happens. The sun comes <laughs> the up in the east. This is what happens. Predest.
2: It's, pre-de- it's predestined. Yes, like Calvinism. we talked
3: about Calvinism already once. We can get into it again. Let's not. <laughs> So my other my other
2: question,
1: okay, yeah, yeah.
2: my other question is just about uh, squad rotation. Chicago Fire have one of these midweek games that MLS likes to put into May. That luckily DC United hasn't had to deal with yet. But uh, so, what do you think uh, Vakopanovic is going to do to switch up things between Wednesday and Saturday, mm. if anything?
1: Uh, well, I mean, there's going to have to be squad rotation. Um, so far Dax has been like a 90 minute, a game guy and, and Schweinsteiger's been, you know, 90 minutes there. There's, so I have a feeling that Juninho's improving health is going to mean we're going to see two out of the three of those over the next two games. You know, somebody, one of Dax or, or Schweinsteiger is going to get a rest tomorrow night and the other one against Mm -hmm. you guys. Um, um, are the other people who need to rest? I mean, Akam is fighting a hip injury and has been fighting a hip injury. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised to see some kind of shuffling the deck by Panovich against Colorado. Um, because I think the feeling is that if you can just kind of not turn the ball over and give them a lightning counter, like, you know, they're just not very good. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, so maybe like we might see like a Daniel Johnson somebody like that get a start, um, against Colorado. I think for you guys, it's going to be more of the kind of full power death start approach. Please uh, now, <laughs> Cause we'll be on the road. Uh, but I mean, at the same time, he might, like, you don't know, like Jonathan Campbell needs, needs some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, you know, so, I mean, he's a kid who could, could play. Um, I'm trying to think who else is Arturo Alvarez, I think is just going to be a, a sub at this point and play. I think he's going to be a leader on the open cup team. Mm. Um, you,
2: you should, you should just have all your starters at home and then just, and get those three points and then don't, <laughs> don't worry about the road game.
1: Yeah. Just, just yeah. throw out all the, all the youngsters then. If I had to guess, I would guess that you're going to get, you guys are going to miss Schweinsteiger because they don't want to, they wouldn't want to rest him in front of the home people. Um, oh. So he'll piss you guys. They'll piss you guys off and rest them there. he will um, probably come
0: in in the 70th minute and score a couple goals.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. That's, do, that's a game. much more
0: DC sports fan of me to think that. <laughs> it's
1: like, ha ha, we're going uh, to avoid him. No, we're not. No, we're not actually going to.
0: Sorry. Sean, last question for you. If you were in the tracksuit opposite Valko Panovich this weekend, how would you game plan against the the fire, whether they have Schweinsteiger or not?
1: Um, well, I'd start from playing in a low block. I'd play in a low block. Um, and I wouldn't particularly care if the fire kept the ball, um, you know, 70% of the game, um, good for you. I, uh, I don't think they've proven they can break down static defenses, consistently like that Seattle that goal against Seattle was an example of doing so but there's not a lot of others um so that's i mean that's what i would i would you know i bunker and counter basically um uh because uh whoever they like uh, Vincent's not you know he's a solid player but he's not a world beater you can you can get behind him he's not that he's not you know lightning fast um, no one in the defense is. Um, uh, I guess you don't have Nyarko now. Uh, he,
3: he only just returned to training, literally today,
1: after yeah, a month and a half. Yeah, I was, I was thinking. I was thinking like, oh, we're he, Patty's going to go crazy on us. Now
3: nah, he won't be crazy. fit to play, most likely. <laughs> um,
1: he
2: may get ten minutes at the end.
1: Maybe, maybe. Yeah, that's I, like you know, that's like the wildest dream scenario. Yeah, I, I you know I would definitely like kind of slow the game down, allow possession and you know, it. W- it's not going to be like sexy, um, but really and, and you know, tell your, tell your forwards, you know, is Mollins fit? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He came back I last played, weekend. I would play Patrick Mullins and I would tell him that every time he gets a glimpse of goal, to lash a shot in that direction, just bang it on goal. Like, you know, there's some, there's some chumpiness happening back there, and and you might you, you can get one or two just off of, you know good fortune <laughs> mm-hmm. shooting at those guys,
0: wings and midfielders too. Hopefully Mullins can get a Solignac style tap mm. in in this one.
1: Right, I think that um uh you know I think it's gonna be an interesting game. I think it's gonna be kind of an honest game. You know, um, uh, there's not a lot of um. It's not like playing Atlanta United, you know what I mean, like neither te- neither of our teams is gonna come out and like you know sombrero you while we and then scorpion kick it in you know it's like we're we're kind of you know, like we kind of play we kind of come out and tactically start uh try to understand how we're going to like okay that is what we're doing, <laughs> you know you can see that each team is kind of methodical and like blue collar and uh um. That's kind of what I like about these games. That they're, you know, they're, they're chunky. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Univision picked a hell of a game is what you're saying mm-hmm. for national TV.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. like lots of like, uh, oh man, I'm, I'm completely blanking on, what, on the things we're going to hear uh, shouted like, don't, don't, no, like, you know, don't, don't say them. Uh, yeah. Don't say them.
0: <laughs> Hopefully our <laughs> listeners will not hear them on Saturday. Hopefully they'll be at the stadium. But for those of them who can't avoid it, turn on the Spanish feed, please, for the love of your own sanity.
1: I'm not talking about the American feed. Oh, good Lord, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah. who Who is that? Uh, it's on three the different guys, and
3: they yeah. all sort of rotate. I yeah, don't think Ramsey there's a Sandoval has... division of labor in in that group.
1: It's just three guys talking. Three guys talking. <laughs> Got three mics. Got three guys. Yeah, maybe they, let's, they, let's have four. they. paid for the third mic. They got to use it. <laughs> exactly. What am I? I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I'm gonna use two mics like a sucker. Come on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sean, thanks for coming back on the show. Why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you?
1: Uh, I'm the uh, editor in chief of HotTimeInOldTown.com, dot uh, com, which is the East Chicago Fire site on SB Nation. And I'm at Shield which is S-C-Y-L-D-S-E-A-F-I-N-G on Twitter. Uh, yeah.
0: All right. Find us <laughs> at blackandredunited.com. We're on Twitter at DCU for the podcast at blackandredu for the website. Send your emails to filibusterpodcast at gmail.com. As always, we accept love letters. We accept hate mail. We accept rants, diatribes, and other various writings. Most of all, We accept advertising inquiries. We're on (laughs) iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Stitcher. We're on Google Play. We are on the podcatcher of your choice. So download us wherever quality podcasts and not quality podcasts are sold or given away for free, as the case may be. For Jason and Ben and thanking Sean one more time, I'm Adam, and we will talk to you real soon. Say goodbye, Jason. Calvinism. Hello,
1: darkness, my old friend.
2: You're predestined to listen to this. <laughs> because a vision softly creeping Left its seeds while I was sleeping And the vision that was planted in my
3: brain
1: Still remains Greetings, mortal. You are listening to the end
0: of another episode of Filibuster Podcast. I assume this is another episode. I assume this isn't your first. If you it's your also, first, then... You're also assuming that everyone listening to this is a mortal. That's true. That's a big assumption on my part. It is my assumption that all humans are mortals. And Greetings, immortal listeners, as well.
2: Hello, if gods you're... and other demons and vampires, godlings. Vampires, you werewolves. Find yourself Titan. to be... Titans.
0: Not mortal, please email us beings. filibusterpodcast at gmail dot com and let us know because that would be really exciting. Also, really exciting. We we really are going to have exciting news very very soon. Um, please stay tuned because this this next step is is going to be fun. This isn't just so, a drawn out prank on, on our part. We're not actually trying to. Screw really you up. We do have exciting news coming and steps have been taken and it will become public exceedingly soon. Stick around.